0: Get ready for a healthy dose of controversy, where we dive into controversial topics in health, both personal and social, that many advisors, professors, and even physicians won't touch. But if you're looking for personal lessons that we picked up through the years as fellow pre-meds, you've come to the right place for that too. Stick around and you won't be disappointed. In this conclusion to our trilogy about first-gen college students, things take on a slightly more upbeat, optimistic tone, as Leslie and I discuss what measures are currently in place at all levels of higher education to assist the journey of first-gen college students. Nevertheless, we also dive into how some of those measures may be insufficient, what more we could be doing, and what you need to hear if you yourself are first-gen. Obviously, there are definitely going to be hurdles and barriers no matter which stage of this process you're at, whether you're a prospective student, you're thinking about applying, or fortunately, whether you're at the college or university level right now, whether you're in undergrad and grad school and you're just trying to succeed while at the same time, from what we've talked about, staying true to your roots. So I think one of the only things that we can do to really kind of soften this blow and make it a little bit better is at least discuss, if not, talk about some ways we can actually enact some methods of at least decreasing the blow that this has on the first gen and minority communities. So one of the things I do know off the top of my head, again, I've never used them, so I can't speak from experience, but I know that at least some colleges and universities, Cal State Sacramento has them, UC Davis has them, is they do have resources for people of either minority communities or BIPOC communities. From your experience using them, how are they? Like, are they sufficient as they are? Or do you think that it's kind of like a broken down card? Does it need a little bit of a patching or maybe at most replacement?
1: I think higher education needs to do better. When I advise first-gen students to take every opportunity that they can grab a hold of, I advise higher education to do the same. Making sure that they provide resources and making sure that they're knowledgeable to those who need them. I feel like a lot of them are well-kept secrets and they're more so word of mouth. For example, at UCLA, I didn't know that there were free tutoring services for those who may need more assistance than others. It's called AAP. And I didn't know about it until a student told me. And then I got placed into it by applying. And so then I found out it was peer tutoring, like students were teaching other students, which is great. I think that is amazing for students to be able to experience the class and give them kind of the tricks of how the class works and how you can be successful in them. But there has to be a little bit more from not only us helping each other, but from those who are in charge of our higher education, giving us more resources We need more than just a patch. I think we need just more resources. We need a whole new car. It's now a work in progress and we got to keep it pushing.
0: Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate the bluntness there. And I understand that I do agree on a certain level that we need a total overhaul in that regard. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't even think that's in the planning stages, unfortunately. So until that does happen, What would you say in terms of, even if your family has never gone to college or anything along those lines, or even high school for that matter, I know there is something to be said for still seeking support for yourself, whether it's from family or even for your family. So what would you say along those lines?
1: I would love to see more student and family-oriented workshops, more so in regards to Having them give classes for financial advisement for both, making sure that they're aware of what they're spending their money on, advising them great plans to how to adjust to a new life in college, how to budget, and maybe some financial tips for parents to see what resources they can go to as well if they can count on the institution itself or can the institution provide other resources for them to turn to. And, and you're right, it's not going to happen overnight, but little by little, I think we need to make sure that we have information out there immediately, sooner than later, because it takes too much money and too much time out of these students when it's not given up front. It's exhausting. And then to hear that, it could have been a little easier, especially first generation students it's It's a little disappointing,
0: I do get that, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said, as long as the information stays hidden, it's just going to drain more time, more resources, more money, et etc and I think that's one of the reasons why one of the actions that's been proposed time and time again is a simple one, but I think is something that at least in my mind would be one of the most effective it's just simply making the language that's used in the culture of higher education much more explicit because just like any other culture, whether it's medical culture or anything like that, it's going to have its own language. It's not always going to be super accessible. So making it more explicit, more accessible, just to enhance the clarity has been proposed. And I personally think is at least a step in the right direction and Potentially a huge one. I don't know what your thoughts on that are.
1: Of course. I think sort of like in the path that I'm taking in terms of being a primary care physician or any any higher level of education where it requires you to have all these words that yourself a couple of years ago wouldn't have understood. It's so, so important for someone to not only receive information, but to understand it. And if you're shoving information down someone's throat and you think that it's helping, but it's like a fire hose to someone's mouth, it's just way too much. They don't understand it. And it's just as useless as not having it there. If it's not connecting, we have to make sure that this information is digestible. It's information that's useful to them, that speaks to them. And in terms of cultural language, it has. To be at least put into words that they can understand for themselves and that they can relate to. Because I know that me in high school, having to learn any type of financial resource or academic resource would have been so much more difficult if not given to me in a way that I at least understood. And just coming from taking standardized tests, big words, it's just so hard. I know root words are supposed to help. And what are the other ones? Suffix, prefix. Yeah,
0: like suffixes,
1: prefixes. (laughs) Yeah, but... Mnemonics, if you want to get
0: really complicated in particular with it.
1: Exactly. Those can help only so much. But we need lay terms, universal, just digestible information. It's... Especially with students coming from out of the country, it's... We need information in that language. We need even ASL interpreters for those who are part of the deaf community. We need information for those who may not be able to see, who may have all these types of differences that may prohibit them from digesting information. We just want to make sure that we hit all bases. Accessibility and information are both key.
0: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that insight. And I think it unfortunately runs counter to a lot of the sentiment that at least as far as I've read is Running in a lot of the circles of higher education, not necessarily in terms of educators, but in terms of a lot of administrators, a lot of school boards who I think tend to unfortunately run with the notion that, well, if they're not up to our level yet, then that's on them. That's incumbent on them to learn what all this means so they can understand that it's not up to us to, if I can be bold as to say this, to stoop to their level so that we can disseminate that information. It's up to them. So, I know that at best sounds insulting, but I really appreciate how what you just said really very plainly runs counter to that.
1: Yeah. And it's not only to give people resources, but just to ensure that we're speaking their language, that we're trying to connect to them, be relatable, be present in the conversation. The conversation only works if both parties are there. And the information can be transmitted between them.
0: Absolutely love it. And I think that really kind of ties into the final point that I definitely think this could work if they were to institute a lot of the smaller measures first, because one of the goals that a lot of studies in academia and pedagogy, aka the study of learning, That they've set forth is, I'm quoting, greater cohesion around student success goals and outcomes. So essentially redefining what student success looks like and kind of redefining what success in learning looks like, especially when you take into consideration different backgrounds. So I'm not sure what all of the smaller steps would have to be first. I think a couple of them are what we just talked about, but What's your viewpoint on that, especially coming from your particular background?
1: Well, I think overall it's really hard to get around this problem. It's been a generational problem. I think we're barely making segue into just having the conversation. And I really, really do hope that someone out there really gets the message that higher education not only Is just level ups an institution. I know K through 12, it sounds kind of like a level in a game where you keep continuing, hit a checkpoint, and you move on. I think we need to refrain from viewing it that way and get these resources to people who need it the most. It's, we need change and we need it now. And so when people, to say that change is difficult or the change is happening I just I feel like we could be doing more I feel like higher education could be doing more and that these students are at a disadvantage and we need to level out the playing field It's really hard to see it's hard to go through myself it makes me feel like and this may be really pessimistic but it feels like the world's been put against me in some way Wow.
0: To be fair, I feel like that's not too far off the mark. Do I think that the Institute of Higher Education is doing its best with what they've been given so far, especially the cultural boundaries that they've been set up with? Personally, yes, from my own experience. But at the same time, I feel like those cultural boundaries and the norms that they've been set up with, if anything, that's what's outdated. That's what's archaic. That's what needs an overhaul. I mean, if this entire conversation that we've had has really touched on anything, it's the fact that our institutions of higher learning here for a reason? Absolutely. But theoretically, they're here for everyone. I mean, they've always been here for everyone. So what you're saying, I think, is not really too far off the mark because historically, who's always been going to these universities? The people who were, until recently, the majority. But- You have to remember that, especially nowadays, the majority is very quickly becoming no longer the majority, if not the minority. So, taking that into consideration, I think, is number one, crucial. Number two, more relevant than ever, especially when you're talking about making everything, especially access to education, more accessible. So, I understand that a lot of what we've been saying has been relevant to first gen students, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of this is much more relevant to a lot more groups than I think even I had anticipated. So I really appreciate the candidness. I really appreciate the fact that you hold nothing back personally as well as professionally. So again, I cannot thank you enough for saying this. And the only other thing I would really ask you is that, as it stands, statistically speaking, Almost 40%, if you want to be technical, it's around 36% of college and university students, they fall into the category that we just talked about today, their first gen. Coming from the same background yourself, we talked about empowering your own community. How would you empower them? You have this platform now. What do you want to broadcast to them? What do you want them to remember?
1: I want them to keep in mind that every step they're taking for themselves, and for the community they're representing, they are changing the narrative. They are creating a movement where people who are pioneering not only for their families, but for the intersectionalities that they all hold, it's making segue for those who want to do the things that you guys are currently doing now. It's hard, it's brutal, and I am so proud of anyone who's doing this currently who has done it, and you guys are so strong. And if no one's ever told you this before, you guys, as long as you guys try, you guys are gonna make great things in this world and you guys are gonna have an impact and a stance and everything that you're working hard to do, it's gonna be accomplished. Just keep trying, keep going, never never deter from what you wanna do. As long as you try, it's all anyone can ask for you. And I know it's hard, but overcome that imposter syndrome, open up opportunities, doors. If the door is locked, go through the window, whatever you need to do, throw the rock through the window and make sure that you're not denied any opportunity. You deserve it. You're here and you deserve this opportunity. Don't let anyone else tell you that this is lucky or you've been given the chance. You have worked hard to get yourself to where you are. and. Thank you for the 36% who are even inspiring me to make sure that I continue doing what I'm doing.
0: And honestly, I can't even help but ask this as a final point, because being a continuing generation college student myself, I have to ask, I can't pass up this opportunity. I've always said throughout my life that I am an ally to first-gen students. I've tried my best to make that clear through my actions, through my words, What would you say to people who want to do that, want to show it, want to say it? How can we be more effective at that?
1: I think being an ally is recognizing your stance, making sure that you understand your privilege, understanding where you stand amongst the playing field, and understanding that maybe some people don't have the same starting line as you. Not. Disregarding your hard work, not disregarding that maybe people say that you're not working hard enough. You guys are just as amazing for recognizing that there is a flaw in the system, recognizing that some people just haven't had the same opportunities. And being an ally is just being a friend, being supportive, and making sure that you have perspective and understanding that you can help. Just by having these types of conversations, while uncomfortable, these are conversations that need to be had in order to make some change, making sure that the people that hear this are understanding that these changes need to be done today.
0: Well, I think we can say controversy, uncheck, conversation, check. Well, that's it for this episode of A Healthy Dose of Controversy. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list at ahealthydoc.com. Follow us on Instagram and, you know, while you're at it, on your phone, on your tablet, or on your computer, drop us both a review and a subscription in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our next episode. Again, we're Zaid Hindi and Leslie Contreras, and remember to ask yourself, if it's not controversial, is it really conversation-worthy? Take care.